everyone. Hey, it's Joan coming to you today with the second episode of Ladies in the Lead. And I just, I'm just blown away by how much you all loved Erica and how much you loved the first episode. I'm not blown away by the love for Erica because let's just be honest, we all love Erica. But you guys responded in full force with love and support for her and me. And I just cannot begin to say thank you guys enough. So on to week two. And week two really brings me back to um, someone really local here. Her name is Janelle Clemish. And Janelle went, as how most of you know, she grew up outside of Loudoun. And you're going to hear all about today how she's had very humble beginnings. Um, discovered her passion and then figured out how do I pursue it and she had parents that supported it but you're going to hear that um, you know she was really left to figure it out on her own and I love how we talk on her journey about how she's tried different paths and it hasn't always worked and yet she stopped and redirected herself and figured it out you guys ladies in the lead is just getting started I hope you hang in there with me I cannot wait for you to continue to meet these awesome women Keep those um, ears all aboard for the next episode because after this one with Janelle, we're going to be moving on to Amy and Brenna Wilkins, and you're going to want to hear all about that mother-daughter duo. You guys, thanks again. I hope you enjoy the episode. We'll see you out on the road. Have a great summer. Here's episode two, Ladies in the Lead, Janelle Clemish. today for Ladies in the Lead. And welcome to episode two. I'm super excited about this episode today. We're sitting here today in Loudoun, Iowa. She is the founder and co-owner, maybe I should say co-owner, of High Hopes Cattle (laughs) with uh, Tyler. And we're going to talk today um, about just what it means to be a producer and to be a mentor and to be a stock show. I mean, just to transition from how you grew up like you were you were the showman you were mm-hmm. taking care of everything so let's start there like how would you say your childhood was how would you say your nine years of 4-H were how did that go amazing <laughs> okay um, show's over <laughs> amazing yeah. it was wonderful I mean we were blessed with an amazing group of kids in our 4-H club and the whole county yeah we're from Cedar County and it was huge and we all got along and we all showed I mean not just at the county fair yeah. We went everywhere. Yeah. Did you raise your own? Did you buy them? Did you... Um, We bought the first few years, and then we just started raising our own, and I had at least two bred and owned heifers every year. Mm-hmm. What breed did you specialize in, would you say? Because you were kind of all over. I was all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I had a pile of red Angus. They still hold my heart. <laughs> we only have one left. What? <laughs> she got old? Uh, no. Tyler and I just kind of decided to go a different... Route, route. They're not Tyler's favorite. Oh. So, so you had Red Angus. I knew yep. you had Simmies, right? Yep. I showed Simmies my, I think, sophomore through senior year and then to end out my junior career as well. Any um, any other purebreds that you guys, like, honed in on? Or you just kind of picked and choose all over the place, didn't you? I wasn't really breed specific, especially, I mean, I was in probably sixth or seventh grade when I started to be able to pick out my own. Sixth or seventh grade. And, yeah. well, I grew up with parents that weren't in the show industry. So it okay, was so this brand is like, new for us. There's going to be like a lot of people that like listen to this and be like, 
all right, I'm 10 years old, yep. and I am I want to show steers. But my mom and dad have never done it, or heifers or whatever, or goats or sheep or whatever, you know, pigs. How did you convince them? Did you beg? <laughs> did you say no? You know? okay. No, I never begged, but I had super supportive parents. I mean, yeah. my dad jokes that he hates it. Yeah. <laughs> no, he loves it. He was the guy that when the blower hose fell off or broke, that was him. Mm-hmm. He was never the guy that fit. I mean, you give him a can of paint and I'd be kind of scared. <laughs> but I just was kind of jumped into it and never looked back. And I knew that if I wanted to do it and I wanted to get better and I wanted to be competitive, mm-hmm. I needed to learn. Mm-hmm. So I followed people around. I asked questions. Mm-hmm. I made friends. And I realized very young that it didn't matter the breed so much as it mattered the quality. Mm-hmm. So my show heifers all went into production. Mm-hmm. Did you AI or did you guys bull breed back? We usually bull bred the first year or so just because we trucked across the country so much that right. we weren't going to bother with it. Home. Yeah. Yep. How many um, cows did you end up having like, by the time you were in high school? Oh, 15 to 20. That's enough. That's enough. Especially when you go from zero mm-hmm. to 15 or 20. Well, when I was in eighth grade and we bought a few breads then, mm-hmm. that resulted in a few of my winning bread and owned heifers. Mm-hmm. Some of them, their daughters and granddaughters are still in production That's awesome. here. Isn't that the best part, seeing them kind of like that? It is. And you, I mean, I've I've watched you shown, and you have a very special relationship with your cows. Like, <laughs> they are very pets. spoiled. They're pets. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I mean, and I follow Janelle on social media and stuff, and she'll be out there scratching them. Pet oh, them. Yes. And I always, I have a bred heifer that I have in my barn that I refuse <laughs> to turn out because she's like my therapy cow. <laughs> and I feel like you have your therapy cows, too. Yeah. Yeah. And you hang out with them, and you do all sorts of stuff with them, which is oh, yes. good. I know. And so after high school, mm-hmm. you went off to college for a little while. Yep. And then um, came back to the farm. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Came back to the farm. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many, like, I just stop and pause there because so many people want to do that. And sometimes just because, let's just be honest, because we're girls, that conversation never happens. Or sometimes there's more, you know, like... So was that something that you had planned to do? No. 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 Okay. I planned to go because I went to the University of Nebraska. Yes, you went. I mean, you left the couch. (laughs) I left. (laughs) And your mama was like, Chanel, (laughs) she left the couch. She had a canary. Yes. Um, That was never the plan. I never intended to come back and... What did you go... What was your major originally when you... I mean, what was your... Um, Engineering. Just like ag engineering or just like Um, basic engineering kind of? Biosystems engineering. So I was more the chemical side of the ag world is what I thought I wanted to do. I got out there and after the first semester decided I hated it. (laughs) Absolutely hated it. It was not for me. Hey, that's okay. What was it like you were just homesick missed it didn't no. like the like the, just that didn't fit right that so part? the main campus at UNL is like right next to the ghetto oh and it was pretty unsafe and I grew up in a town of 400 and some people so that was pretty <laughs> new to me right um I had met Tyler before I left for UNL mm-hmm. who is your husband now yes. so that was pretty serious <laughs> and I just got there and I was like this isn't for me yeah. I don't want to sit at an office job. 
Yeah. I hate it. And I came back. Cool. And I then, went a totally different direction. Hey, isn't that what being 18 is all about? Really, yeah. or 19? You I know. would like to know who decided we should know what we want to do for the rest of our life. I hate to say I'm 51 and just start to figure it out. <laughs> I don't like putting my age out there every time, but I'm just saying. Yeah. So you came home, and then did you just, like, come back and say, Mom and Dad, I want to raise cows. Like, I want to do this thing, or... Um, yeah. <laughs> or was it kind of like... They needed the help again on the farm, and you started helping, and it kind of one thing led to another. Um, it was more so that I just missed it. Yeah. Like, I was not happy without them. Mm-hmm. I had show heifers here at home, mm-hmm. and I drove back every weekend yeah. we showed. Because um, we chased points that year that I was out with a Lemmy heifer, a purebred mm-hmm. that we had raised... So I would leave. I would usually skip my Friday classes and come home. We're going to eliminate that from the podcast. Um, (laughs) I know that feeling, yeah. But I would drive the six hours home, and Tyler would be here clipping my heifers. We'd load up the trailer and be gone. And most of the time, I mean, we'd hit two shows in a weekend. Mm -hmm. And it was just a lot. Mm -hmm. And I came home. I got a job that I realized I liked a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And it led me to go to something in school that I liked a lot more. Mm-hmm. Although I no longer use my degrees. <laughs> Which is okay. Kind of sad <laughs> to say that sometimes. Just um, hold on to them. You never know when you'll come back to them. You might come back to them. Well, when I graduate this next semester with a master's in drug and alcohol counseling and social work, and I will always have that. That is awesome. My passion is the livestock industry, and mm-hmm. I can make a go of it, and that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, I call this podcast Ladies in the Lead, She Stock Shows. Mm-hmm. And I always post this out there because I want to know if somebody said to you, She Stock Shows, or You Stock Show, what's that mean to you? What, what would, how would you explain that to somebody who doesn't know what's, like, what that means? Hmm. What would you say that means to you? I like to say that I'm investing in juniors. So, yes, I raise them. Yes, I still show them myself. Mm -hmm. You do. We've always got a string. I always think we should have less, but we always add more. Um, But I've always had the standpoint that if we don't teach the next generation, they're not going to be there. Mm -hmm. So we sell cattle. We sell them to juniors, all of that. And I want to invest in them. Mm -hmm. I want to take my knowledge Teach it to them. Make sure that they know the problems. They know how to feed. They know what to do. Mm-hmm. All of it. Because we're not going to be here someday. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be them. Next one's going to be them. And it's not always mm-hmm. fun. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. So you would say right now in your life. I mean, because you are still an exhibitor. <clears throat> you're yep. still a fitter. You're oh, still yeah. a judge. You're still a clipper. Oh, you're yeah. Still, you're, but you're a producer and a mentor, right? Yep. So for you, the when you say she stock shows, it's kind of really all that together. I wear a lot of hats. I bet you do. <laughs> I feel like I wear a lot of hats some days. Vet tech might be one looking oh. at your kitchen table right now. Too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, this is the, the kitchen of a true cattle person. When you have the chocolate caramels on one side, <laughs> and then you have the meds on the other side, right in the middle of the table. Because you know, we all know it's cabbage seeded. And here mm-hmm. in Iowa, it can be... I do so. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's awesome. I Have you ever shown any other species besides cattle? 
Like of showed the four pigs oh, for two years. Okay, how old were you? I was like nine or ten, I think. Did you show cattle first or pigs first? Cattle. Cattle first, and then yeah. okay. Tell me how you got into pigs. Um, Who said this was a good idea? My mom and Dave Shinker put that together. Chris Shinker. I was just yes. thinking Chris Shinker probably put this in your head. <laughs> and they were great pigs, and I really respect people that do that, but they're not for me. They're just <laughs> not. I mean, my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer that if your heart's not in something in a stock show world, you probably shouldn't be there. Yeah. Just because it is a lot of work, and it's a lot of money, and it's a lot of time, and... Mm-hmm. The whole feeding of the pigs was really where it got lost on me. It was just... Yeah. That's a whole other world. <laughs> so you did that your first two years. Yep. And I was like, I'm done. Yeah. And by that time, I mean, the first few years, I'll be really honest, I was not competitive in With, the cattle deal. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we were, just we were getting, learning. Yeah. Just my started. parents had never done it, and we were thankful to have some really great mentors, but it was... Boy, those first fit jobs were kind of terrible. Um, uh, you know what? It's it's good to it's good to reflect back. It is, and, and it was and fun for, for people listening to this podcast. I hope that they understand. Like when we talk about where we're at or what we've done, hey, it wasn't always pretty. No, oh, I mean it. Like I lost a lot those first few years, but it taught I've me. Always, it taught me. yeah, I got better. I'll stand at the bottom just as much as I stand at the top. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, because you know how it goes. It it's, just, I mean, the quality that's out there, it's, you can't win them all. No, you cannot win them all. I know that's good. Um, what do you think now, being a producer, you know, and I know you guys sold some pretty good heifers last year mm-hmm. and had we some had really a good run. Yeah, a really good run, good success. Oh, yeah. Is that like, is that hard to achieve? Like, is that, so this year, mm-hmm. let's say you still, I mean, it's so cool to get to that next level, right? Yep. How do you rise it to the next level this year? Is it, for you, is it about genetics? Is it about, is it about who you're working with? Is it about raising the bar, how much they sell for? Like, what's it doing um, for you? To us, it's really, truly not what they sell for. I mean, granted, I'd love to sell them all for enormous amounts of money and like, what not have that headache, but... It's truly about making sure that they go into good homes because we're firm believers that you can sell a heifer for $60,000 yeah. and if she doesn't go to a good home, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of these things are one at home mm-hmm. and that's it takes a lot to do that and yeah, that's just where it is for us and mm-hmm. we're always trying to get better genetically. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty big into the ET thing anymore. Yeah. All of that, and what is the direction that your herd's going? Would you say more breed specific, yeah. or are you yeah, you're trying new things? What are you doing? Um, so it's really torn. So my heart's in the heifers, obviously. It always has been. I showed steers every year at the county fair, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> <clears throat> they were projects. Yeah. Um, but my husband is a steer lover. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of a battle some days. On how you're breeding. On how we're breeding. Um, and the direction that we're going to take our herd. Mm-hmm. As we grow, it's not such a big deal because there's more options on how you're going to make some of those things. Yeah. But mostly, I mean, right now we've got a few purebred shorthorns. We've got some mains. We've got a main Angus. Mm-hmm. Kind of got a jack of all trades deal. Um, 
Yeah. Any particular sire that you're breeding to that you're really excited about, or is it more on the maternal side that you guys are pretty excited about? Um, well, that heifer that we had a pile of success with last year that had, she was reserve overall shorthorn plus at Indiana State Fair. Yeah. She won, I think, like 10 or 12 jackpots. I mean, she she did a pile of winning. Mm-hmm. Her mom is still fairly young and in production. She's got a revolution heifer calf on the ground right now that I'm really excited about. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and we've got another one of her daughters in production mm-hmm. for us. And I think it's a mix-up of both. Mm-hmm. We've got, I mean, we do some kind of off-the-wall breeding situations. I don't breed just because it's the hottest bull on the market at the moment. I'm a firm believer that you have to mate your cows. Mm-hmm. And we focus pretty hard on structure in our cows. That's the main thing that we look for. Mm-hmm. I always say that like if they're not right at the ground, you're. it doesn't really matter what they look like any higher than that. Yeah, that's true. If you don't have structure, you won't have a cow in eight years anyway, so it doesn't matter. No, and so many of those structural issues you can't fix. No. You're right. I mean, you I just can't. And, yeah. Um, and I think the industry has really grabbed onto that. Like, mm-hmm. I think almost sometimes it, it, it was all about structure. Like, five years ago, you know, it's really just all about structure, all about mm-hmm. structure, all about structure, which is good. Yes. Because we needed to correct some things. We did. And, and so I'm glad. But I think the cattle are much, way more sound than when you and I showed oh. or when the kids. And you showed, you know, I say me and you because we were at a lot of shows together, but I didn't really show with my daughter and sons were showing with you, so. And we catch a lot of flack. I mean, we cool pretty hard on what we're going to sell for show calves for the year because if we don't think that <coughs> they're going to make it, they're to the sale barn by the 1st of September because mm-hmm. I don't want somebody to get a calf and they fall apart. Yeah. Tell me about the name High Hopes. How did you guys come up with that or where did that come from? Um, my mom came up with part of it, and then one of the first years we were trying to sell stuff, Tyler said that he had really high hopes for this steer, and it just kind of stuck. Nice. Um, it started out as High Hopes Cattle Company, and within a year we dropped the company, and it's just High Hopes Cattle, and it's been a pet project ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you guys have a, a production sale, or how do you guys market your you know, private treaty? Or? We are all private treaty at the moment. Just with my travel schedule as a photographer in the mm-hmm. fall, as a livestock photographer, and I do weddings and engagements and seniors. The fall is my busy time, mm-hmm. and my husband's a cattle buyer, so he's never home. <laughs> no. Um, we just do private treaty. We have hopes here in the next few years to maybe go online, but... yeah. I really like having people out. I want to talk to them because a project needs to fit you. Yeah. That's a good... Say that again. A project needs to fit you. Yes. And I think a lot of people... That's a really good tip for somebody. It is. And especially for somebody like starting out. Mm -hmm. We were naive when we started. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what to look for. We didn't know what kind of heifer our feed program would allow or really how to feed one or mm-hmm. anything like that and it's just really important to make sure that you're talking with whoever you buy from mm-hmm. about that yeah and making sure that you have a heifer that's going to fit your end product mm-hmm. and where you want to be yeah because so many people just we always had the rule 
if we were going into a pasture, you couldn't name a cute one before you bought it. You know how that happens. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> but, um, and that was like the first big thing. I'm like, nobody names anything until it's actually ours, right? Okay, so you can't <laughs> name it Fluffy or Oreo or anything like that because you get too attached. But I love that sentiment of what is your end point? Mm-hmm. What is the end goal here that you want to do, you know, for your project? Mm-hmm. What is the end part? And, and, and when you're looking at your first project, matching that together. Because so many people, I don't think, do that. I don't think no. that they're doing that, you know? So I think that's an awesome point that you're doing for them, like to ask them and help them out with it. That's cool. So many times, too, goals. It's. I remember kind of this transition when the kids were going through that people started talking about, what's your goal? Like, where do you want that animal to, mm-hmm. you know, peek out at or max out at Mm -hmm. would you say most of your clients are shooting for summer shows um county fair state fair or national shows or where would you say most of your heifers are ending up maxing out at most of our heifers usually end about state fair Mm -hmm. august time um most of our steers are pretty much county fair Mm -hmm. and then they're done yeah Yeah. um just because we are more geared towards the heifers Mm -hmm. kind of how our cow herd is yeah it kind of depends i mean we had a heifer last year that was a mayborn and those first few months when that exhibitor wanted to show her at like beef expo and through march and april i mean it was kind of ugly yeah they just weren't ready she had the right pieces but she was skinny skinny (laughs) she was skinny and then the start of june rolled around with semi field day and we won our class um we went to regionals won our division and all of a sudden we were picking up steam and that was really cool to see that a family held on and waited mm-hmm. and trusted the process of they can't be 100 percent all the time right you're just not gonna keep them there right that's good i i love that mentality and like that you're coaching mm-hmm. your families through that because i think so many times i mean people People are getting better about that. Mm-hmm. Understanding you have goals and you have to, you know, where you're going to end up or where you're not. So. Well, and it's really hard, too. I mean, it does us as breeders no good. If you go out there and get rocked or, mm-hmm. you know, nobody helped you with feeding because you didn't really know what to do and nobody did anything about it, that doesn't make us look any better. Yeah. And honestly, we care. Yeah. That's what so many people don't get is they're like, oh, we're not going to reach out because so-and-so a reason or they probably don't have time. But so many breeders, so many sellers, so many producers care. Mm-hmm. And they'd happily answer the phone and answer those questions. Yeah. that's. I think that's so true. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just don't reach back enough. <clears throat> no. Yeah, I know. And we all know those cow families, like especially with the heifers. Yeah. We know those cow families. We know how they feed. I think... Um, one of the things, too, for both of us was figuring out not only the goals, but what was probably, I mean, not only the goals, but how to achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. And what was one of your biggest <laughs> goals you set for yourself that you, like, when you were an exhibitor in your four years that you really thought you really pushed hard and achieved towards? We did a bunch of, like, the breed open shows and stuff at State Fair, and one of my big goals when I started out and we started there that first year was to win a division. Mm-hmm. at the Iowa State Fair like that's that's what it was mm-hmm. and we were blessed enough to walk through that 4-H final drive twice mm-hmm. 
and the Iowa State Fair, that is like no other feeling. Yeah. I um, know. We did that one time too. <clears throat> and do you, when the fourth show, you get a little blue ticket. Yep. That allows your family to sit in the middle of the pavilion. Yep. And I kept my little blue ticket in my um, checkbook. Every time I opened it up, I saw that little blue ticket. Because we, too, were fortunate enough to um, take the walk in the sand, that's what they like to call it, you know, mm-hmm. in that arena. And that's a pretty cool thing. It's, it is. It's pretty amazing, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. You, I can't even say you're old, because you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like, but as you've, like, gone on, I bet you that same goal still is there for you guys. Like, it win is. divisions or win shows, you know? It is. And, I mean, we've had a few really good runs here the last few years, and... We, not only with a couple of really winning heifers this year, but raised and sold a bull that was reserve overall maintainer bull at the Iowa State Fair. Oh, that's super exciting. And okay, what's the name of the bull so people got to get Seaman? High Class is his name. Seaman is available. We've got a pile of heifers on the ground out of him, and we really like him. That's good. <laughs> that's awesome. That's something to be so proud of. I love that. It is, and it was. it's a really deserving family. Yeah. I got to stick the bull, which... It's even more fun. It's more fun. I know. <laughs> now, I know you've been a showman for a long time. Yep. And hopefully, you know, we're going to have girls of all ages listening to this. But give us your best showman tip. Like, if you were going to give me, a, if you're going to mentor me now as a producer, but I mean, you're still showing. You're in the ring now, actively showing. And it's I'm still a, actively judging it, too. <laughs> yeah, and still judging it. What do you think is the best tip right now for... Somebody who wants to take it to the next level. Something that I look for as a showmanship judge is pretty much that I don't want my eyes drawn to you. I shouldn't look at you. Mm-hmm. I should almost glaze right over you as I go looking by. Um, and the other thing is, is confidence. Obviously, growing up with parents that weren't in the industry, mm-hmm. my mom was a big showmanship advocate. <laughs> Your mom showed horses. And she did. Right. And showmanship was important to her, but she never coached. Not once. She yelled at me a few times after I got out of the ring, and I deserved it. (laughs) But she never coached, and that's something also that I think a showman needs to have, is just the knowledge that they know where their animal looks best. Mm -hmm. They know the flaws that their animal has, and they know that they should hide those. Mm -hmm. Um, Confidence is a big thing. Mm -hmm. Not cockiness, but confidence. I mean, you should know when your heifer or your steer looks the best, and you should know how to get it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good tip. You're not always gonna have the best one in the ring. We know that, no. but you can show it the best of its ability every time you go in the ring. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always have to be a kitten. No. I mean, I won showmanship a few times with heifers that were absolute brats. <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible, and I mean, there was... Kept you on your toes, didn't oh. it? <laughs> I know. There was one, she was actually my last junior heifer, and the mother of high class, and her name was Blaze, oh, and yeah. she was horrible, but we didn't lose showmanship. Because she's pretty. And I lost her a couple of times, <laughs> um, but it was one of those things that I knew that she had flaws, mm-hmm. and I knew how to show her. Yeah. And it was always apparent that I had put in the time. Uh-huh. Even when she was sometimes being a sassy little thing. That's so yeah, funny. She was miserable. She was miserable. <laughs> oh, gosh. Tell me, I know, like, we love to talk about successes on this podcast. But I think we learned just as much for some of those disappointments, some of those mm-hmm. hard lessons. Any <clears throat> one hard lesson that really sticks out to you over the years, you're like, gosh, now looking back, I see why I had to go through that. But anything that, like, you can think about... 
any cow that you lost or heifer that you were like broke a leg right before this or that <laughs> or it's always something like that. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to you can't uh, block them out too. I mean, there was the one Simi heifer. She was the first one we had, and we had really high intentions of running her as a cow calf pair my senior year because we did junior nationals, we did regionals, we did all of it. Mm-hmm. I had two purebred semi heifers and a semi steer that year, mm-hmm. and she calved her calf bed. Yeah. And we lost the calf. Yeah. And that was kind of tough to swallow because, like, it was your last year, you thought? It was, but I don't know, it taught a lot. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it, it taught a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's sad sometimes in a way, too. Who would you say, because nobody gets here alone? No. Who's your biggest mentor? Man or woman? Probably my mom, honestly. I mean, like, I'm going to say she was the most dedicated mother. <laughs> like, she, she may was. not have known anything about Shawn Cattle, but she was there, like, really helping you, you know, behind the scenes and doing um, all that stuff. She believed that in order to be successful, I needed to do it myself. So when I was 16, it was, there's the truck and there's the trailer and... Obviously, there's your show heifers. I'll see you at the show. And I'm sure that that was absolutely nerve-wracking for her. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, when I was 17, I drove out to the Iowa State Fair by myself and set up, and I was there for two or three days before they came out. And it wasn't that they weren't supportive or that they didn't want to go, but they also realized that someday I would be on my own. Mm-hmm. And I would need to back up that trailer or figure out how. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. She just, I mean, she was obviously always there with the camera. She was, (laughs) yeah. And she always made sure that there were snacks or crockpot meals or drinks that went along. Which, let's be honest, is very helpful when you're dehydrated (laughs) and hungry. (laughs) Yes. And she always made sure that, like, everything was pretty much ready, but... She also was the type of mom that I think from the time I was 12, I packed the trailer. She helped fit one year, my first year. I took the blower from her pretty early. But she was always there to make sure that if there was something I needed, I had it. Yeah. Or if I needed support or whatever it was, she was there. Yeah. That's so good. That She would be so happy that you said <laughs> that too because I remember your mom like just, you know, she... That's just how you said it, just like that. She was there. Mm-hmm. She was she was holding the halter. And she was taking the picture, and she was had your show stick. But she As really I was, was she really was letting you do it. Like mm-hmm. you were figuring it out, and but yet you know she didn't let you just. She didn't let me dive bomb. Right, that I mean, wasn't the thing. Cause she <laughs> she knew like she really she did. Made sure that like I understood that if I wanted to do it, I had to learn. Yeah, you know we. We weren't in the position to be able to hire fitters every weekend or clippers every weekend. If I wanted to show every weekend, I needed to figure it out. Yeah. And looking back now, she did a lot. Because now that I have to be the person that, like, remembers that somebody needs health papers or health, you know, yeah. registration papers or food or whatever, like, man, she did a lot. Just not our thing, is it? <laughs> no. I know. I'm so on the other side. Um, like, I'm in the show box. Like, I already, I, I got the show box already packed in my head six mm-hmm. times over, and I already know, like, the schedule, and then this will be like, did we bring the cooler? And I'll I'm be like, like nope. <laughs> Why do I have to be the one in charge of the cooler? Somebody else can bring the cooler. Yeah. I know. Well, now looking back, nine to, you're 27, 26? 26. 
Your birthday's early. You're in September, though, right? Mm-hmm. You're or 26 and a half. Yeah. Okay. What would you... If you had to give yourself advice at nine, what would you say? Janelle, listen here. I got some really good advice for you. What's that advice? Probably not to hide your passion. Mm, that's really good. I mean, we grew up in a small high school, and there were some of us that showed competitively every weekend and there were some of us that showed at the county fair and there were a lot of us that didn't do any of it yeah and you know the those of us that showed every weekend like it was looked down upon because we gave up sports Mm. we gave up doing stuff with our friends because we had this weird love of our cows and nobody got it and we just hit it and we didn't talk about it as much and I wish I would have done that differently. Yeah. Really owned it more. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I agree. I, rem- I, um, I remember, you know, that pull mm-hmm. from, you know, we were a small town America, right? And so either you do the school activities or you're not in the school activities. And, yep. and so when we found our passion in stock show or livestock or cattle or sheep or, you know, whatever it pigs is, or whatever it is or goats or whatever... It's hard for some people to understand what that means and what that entails. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's a really good tip to give back to yourself. I think back how my passion started, and I distinctly remember when I was a sophomore in high school. This is way back before <laughs> you were conceived. Okay, or even thought about, to be quite honest. <laughs> I was at the Iowa Beef Expo. It was February. We were just setting up the girls' basketball season. And um, I was sitting on a straw bale in the aisle, and I was talking to one of my classmates, and she was just as passionate about showing as I was, and I said, this is it. This is where I feel most at home. Mm -hmm. This is what I love best. And I was 16, and I remember that feeling. I just remember that one moment. I I know you've had that moment. Like, mm-hmm. but do you remember when you really just owned it? Like, where you just said, ah, screw it. I'm just, I'm all in now. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. See? It's that 16. I tell you, it's, it hits you in. Like, that yeah. was the year that I quit sports. Yep. I knew what my passion was, and I knew that if I wanted to get better and take it to the next level, I had to have more time. Yeah. I just, I couldn't do it, and that's what it all turned for me. Yeah. That's awesome. So, we are so lucky that we figured it out, I think. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, you know, there's... They're making their way through. And let's be honest, there's people in the stock show industry that their families do it, and they're not as passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And they make their way through it, kind of like we were making our way through (laughs) sports with the kids or whatever, you know, and then they find their thing. So we're just so lucky we found it, I think. Yes. I I mean, I feel like, I mean, look how it's driven your life. It's still a part (laughs) of your life, you know? It is. I mean, we eat, sleep, and breathe it, and obviously really eat it, because there's drugs all over the table. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm 51 now. I've raised three kids through it, that whole thing. And I don't know if you're going to have kids and all that sort of stuff, but when you're 51 and you look back over the next 25 years, what do you want your legacy to look like? Do you want it to, what do you want it to be about? I want to have made a difference. Explain that a little more. Like, do what? Um, to who? Or to you? Or what? Tyler and I always say that you have to have passion. doesn't matter what it's about. It could be golf. It could be fine arts. It could right. be softball it could be cattle but you have to have passion and without that it's very difficult mm-hmm. um, I hope to have instilled that passion in people 
or helped build their passion and to have taught them. Yeah. I mean, whatever it may be, and especially being in the livestock photography side of stuff, um, I deal with customers that range from having their 60th annual production sale to this is our first sale and we don't know what to do. Yeah. I always like to, because I've grown up in it, and I judge and have them, and yeah. this fall there was a sale, and they just didn't know what to do to get better. Mm-hmm. And I told them, you know, what I thought, and... Part of it, what your legacy would be. Yeah. yeah. To help a mentor. And to always remember that you yourself can be better. Mm-hmm. We go to all the big shows. I no longer have a real full-time job. <laughs> This I, travel. I don't know what you're talking about. I travel to everywhere and fit and leave in a couple days to do that, but I always remind myself that I can get better. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to peak. I want to continue to get better and to learn and to mm-hmm. to do more. Oh, that's such good stuff. I love that. Well, I always do questions at the end that make you real, real to people. <laughs> so I always start off with, what music... Genre. What music do you play oh in the barn? Thug. Oh. <laughs> I get pretty thug with it. Oh no, thug! I, like, I did not expect that. I like 90s and 2000s rap and hip hop. Very good. And it's usually very loud. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. Thug. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh gosh, there's my phone. That's so funny. That's a good one. I love it. What about, this is the other thing I always ask, what are you wearing to the barn? (laughs) Are you wearing flip-flops and sweats? Are you wearing boots and shorts? What's the summer barn attire? So, my summer show barn attire is usually pretty homeless looking. (laughs) It's usually some form of like a workout tank top and shorts or jeans, and I'm a firm believer in good footwear. Uh-huh. I live on my feet, so I wear Keens, I have Merrells, the whole nine, um, but I'm a firm believer in when you go to a show being professional. Yeah. I mean, I as myself as a livestock photographer and someone who raises and sells cattle, don't think that anybody would want to buy anything from me if I wore a cut-off t-shirt mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. I don't wear obviously a suit and tie oh that but I always try to look professional and presentable as does Tyler just to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward yeah and you know people believe in our success yeah so it's a vast it's a vast difference if you come to the farm prepare yourself you may not recognize her (laughs) in comparison to what's at the show that's awesome I always laugh because boy don't we change quickly sometimes we go to the barn we're gonna lie a little bit whatever one thing I found, it's so unique, I'm going to share a little personal You got married last year. Yes. At the Iowa State Fair. <laughs> yes. In the middle of the crowd after the Cimital show, right? Yep. Well, how, okay, give us the, like, how'd that idea come about? And, like, how did um, you fit, how did that all, how did you get that all coordinated? <laughs> so, I mean, obviously Tyler and I had been together for seven years. And we had joked for a lot of years. Like, not knowing how to do it because our families are from so far away. And Tyler's family is ginormous. And, you know, where do we find a venue that houses 700 people? Because 
<laughs> felt like it was going to be seven. That days. might not have been far off. Yes. And we were actually at a county fair. And um, he joked that, you know, we could just get married at the Iowa State Fair. There's every beer on tap you could imagine. And yes. there would be no picky eater problems because go get a corn dog if you want one. Yes. And we're both not very, like, eyes on us people. Yeah. And I just could honestly never see myself getting married anywhere other than outside. Yes. And as it went that evening, Tyler's uncle was like, well, I'll officiate it. And it grew from there. I mean, you planned that thing in like... Five weeks. (laughs) That was awesome. That, I mean, we went... There was a week between there where we were like, man, are we really going to do this? Do we really think this is going to fly? And we were both like, yeah, it's going to work. Yeah. So we went on family vacation and Tyler asked my dad and that next Monday, mom and I were going to try to find a wedding dress. There you go. And we found one. (laughs) Um, And I knew that I wanted flowers. I had a scotch comb and clipper blades in my bouquet. I think that's awesome. (laughs) Um, We took pictures on Tie Out Hill. Yep. Uh, we were really blessed to know some people that allowed us to get into JR's instead of doing it in the middle of the street. So once we realized there were a couple hundred people coming, it was kind of like, well, now what? Yeah. But it was wonderful. I mean, we got to fit together all day. I got to show on my wedding day, which who else can say they did that? Right. <laughs> um, we actually worked for another family. We worked for Kaizen Land and Cattle, and he thought that we got married the weekend before. Oh, he didn't even know it was that day? No, he knew we were getting married at the state fair, but he thought it was the Saturday before. Oh, God. So I had texted my dad, and I was like, I'm starving. Yes. I get married in three hours, and I need to eat. Yes. So he brings over a hot dog and a Coke, and... Craig Kaisan was like, well, you know, what are you guys doing out here? You know, you guys usually aren't out here. And he's like, well, figured she needed to eat before the ceremony. And here we are working on all of their semi-heifers. And it was just perfect. Yeah. It was. And we had coolers in the barn. And it was just a nice barn party afterwards. (laughs) I love it. It's so good. And, like, I was there. I I didn't see your wedding, but I was at the state fair. And I knew Mm -hmm. what was going on. And it was just really fun to like see your pictures and be a part of that because so much of how we are is like county fair people and state fair people Mm -hmm. and it was just so you and it was just so you know just so the moment it was I mean now we get to celebrate every year at state fair (laughs) and I mean neither Tyler or I have missed one no me neither yeah and obviously don't plan to start my own yeah no why would you so it was it was perfect and I wouldn't redo it. That's good. That's <laughs> awesome. What's the name of your photography business? So in case somebody wants to hire you, is um, it, can it they is, find you on Facebook or what? They can find me on Facebook just via my Facebook. Yeah. Um, but it is JRWK, Design and Photo. I do anything from ad design to livestock photography and videography. I do human portraits, the whole nine. I've kind of branched out in the last year. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I like when people want to take their senior pictures with their projects. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't we all? <clears throat> Don't we all? That's cool. All right. So you got high hopes, cattle. Yep. You got the photography business. Yep. You got mentoring. You're on the road 
showing almost 24-7. <laughs> it seems like. You're calving out cattle. Your husband's a cattle buyer. Yep. Your folks are kind of close by. Are they still helping you on the farm, or is it pretty much um, all you guys? Dad likes to come out and mow hay, which is nice, hey. because in that time of the year, we're usually breeding cows, or I'm gone, or whatever. Yeah. And they're very much involved. I mean, they pick up on the weekends that we're both gone. They're doing chores. They're yeah. taking care a- of it all, and it takes a village. It does take a village. It yeah. takes a big village, and yeah, that's one thing that... I think kids should always be thankful for is the amount of people that behind the scenes yeah. have to help. Yeah. That's really support them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Janelle, this has been, I mean, I can't <laughs> believe, I can sit and talk all night about this stuff, but I just want to like, just share with you just how wonderful it's been to like relive all of this, like with you. You know, when I talked about this platform, you were one of the first people that popped into my mind because this is what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. It's just about just being your confident self and doing what you can do and doing it to the best of your ability and still growing and sharing it. And so mm-hmm. thank you for being on Ladies of the Lead with me. Yes. Thank you for um, being one of those women that people are going to look up to for years. And, and, you know, just being a part of this thing we call Stock Show. It's just amazing. My one piece of advice is, yes, I am a woman, but I don't ever want to be the best as a woman. Yeah. I want to be the best. And so I always tell any ladies that I'm helping mentor or that ask questions, don't put yourself in that box. Yeah. Branch out and demand respect. And if a man's not going to give it to you... You should give it to yourself. Be, yeah. yeah, give it to yourself and go elsewhere. Know your worth. Yeah. Know that you know what you're doing. And don't allow anybody to put you in a box. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, guys. Well, stay tuned. You know, another episode of Ladies in the League is coming. But, Janelle, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks to all the listeners. We'll look forward to talking to you guys soon. Yes. So, hopefully, we'll see you out on the road. Yes. Have a great summer. Yes. All right. All summer long. All right. Thanks again. (laughs)